0: The Lord be with you. And A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But the people there would not welcome him, because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed on to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens, and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another Jesus said, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Jesus answered him, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Does Jesus seem a little bit grumpy today? <laughs> seems like it. It seems like his answers are very short, and curt, and sort of a, um, almost mean in a way. There's, there's a sort of an edge to Jesus' conversation with these people that populate today's gospel story. And that seems kind of unusual because we like, you know, the soft Jesus, the Jesus of Galilee who, you know, uh, forgives sinners and heals the sick and preaches beautiful sermons about blessed are the poor and blessed are this and blessed are that. You know, that's the Jesus we kind of like. And especially in the first, Uh uh-oh, my watch somehow or other decided forgiveness needed to be looked up. So turn that thing off. I can't. Anyway. Jesus didn't have that problem. <laughs> anyway, so, um, uh, you know, so you, you've got this one first kind of first story where, you know, uh, Jesus is traveling into Samaritan territory, and the Samaritans, of course, hate the Jews, and the Jews hate the Samaritans. It's one of those long-term hatreds that's been going on for centuries, you know, they, they see each other as heretics. So, it's, it's in some ways no wonder that the Samaritans are really welcoming Jesus and his troop, his, his disciples into their village, and um, especially since they're on their way up to Jerusalem. And, and 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 then there's, you know, there's this James and John, you know, two of the 12 knuckleheads uh, that are following Jesus as his apostles, and and they, they get all full of themselves, and they say, you know, Lord, do you want us to destroy this town and draw fire down upon it from heaven? and. And Jesus, instead of sort of laughing it off, you silly boys, yet again, you're being stupid, you know, he, he turns to them and he rebukes them. <laughs> it's a very strong word. He turns and rebukes them. He's not having any of this goofiness of we have power, we're great prophets, we can call down fire on people and destroy them if we want. Jesus rebukes them for that. It's very stern. And then you have these three situations where people are either called or offered to follow Jesus. And, and the first one is one in which, um, you know, uh, Jesus calls out to someone and says, come follow me. And he says, no, I got to, well, yes, of course, I'll follow you, but I, I got to go, you know, bury my paw. And, and Jesus says, okay, you know, this is a one-time offer. And you're not accepting it. You're, you're hesitating, and so... Uh, You know, go bury your pa, but you can't follow me then. Sort of severe. And then there's another one, you know, Jesus calls to him and says, follow me. And that guy says, okay, yeah, well, that's good. But um, can I go um, say goodbye to my family first? And Jesus says, no, (laughs) if you're going to follow me, you got to follow me. And, 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 and this, these kinds of, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to plow the field, then plow the field. And in and, and all of these situations, Jesus comes across, as I said, as kind of a grumpy, a little bit uh, edgy kind of Jesus, not the one we're used to. So what's going on here? Why is Jesus this way now? Well, it's actually a very, very important moment in the Gospel of St. Luke. Because Jesus has had his two, two and a half years up in Galilee, and if you know the Holy Land at all, you know that Galilee is beautiful. It's, it's lush, and it's uh, got wheat growing on the fields, and they've got a big, beautiful lake up there, and there's plenty of fish to feed the people, and, and it's a pretty good life up there. It's beautiful up there. It's green and beautiful and water and everything. It's a, it's a breadbasket of, of the middle, middle East. And Jesus has had a really good run up there. Up in Galilee, his home country where people know him and understand him, most of the time people are really, really responding well to his message, to his preaching. And people respond, and, and he has some great deeds that he does, including the you know, multiplying of loaves and fish to feed the crowds. And so it's been good, and he's had his disciples along, and he's been training them along the way, especially the 12, disciples, the 12 apostles. And, and, you know, and they're, they're, they're kind of goofy guys. You know, they're just fishermen. Most of them aren't that well educated. So it takes a little bit of work. And they're kind of slow getting along. And they're sort of figuring this out as they go. And at this point in the gospel, Jesus says, okay, summer camp is over. You know, training camp is over, boys. We're now going to head to Jerusalem. We're going to leave Galilee and we're going to go to Jerusalem. And this is a decisive moment in the gospel. As, as Luke says, he resolutely decides to go to Jerusalem. Because this is really hard for Jesus. He's got to leave his homeland. He's got to leave this beautiful country. He's got to leave his own family and his friends. He's got to leave all of that. He's got to leave his old life, all of his successes, to turn south and head up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And if you, again, if you know the geography of that area, when you leave Galilee and go south up to Jerusalem, <laughs> you are heading into the desert. It is dry, and there hardly anything grows there, and it's hot, and it's rocky, and you, it's, it's not a beautiful place. But even more, Jesus knows that the pestering that he's had from the Pharisees up in Galilee is nothing compared. To the fierce opposition that he's going to encounter once he gets down and has to bear the full weight of the, the anger and the opposition of not just a few distant Pharisees, but the chief priests and the elders and the big shots of Jerusalem, the very leaders of their religion. They're all going to come down on Jesus like a ton of bricks. So this is a big deal. Jesus knows he's in for a really, really hard time. He knows the opposition he's going to encounter there is going to be terrible. And he knows that people are going to flake off. People who were dedicated to him are going to disappear into the woodwork. He knows maybe most of all that this is going to end really badly for him and for those who are faithful to him to the end. He knows he's going to be judged. He knows he's going to be betrayed. He knows that he almost certainly is going to end up dead before this is all over. And death on a cross. So when Jesus turns towards Jerusalem determinedly and resolutely, it is an awful day for him because he's leaving behind the green, lovely, beautiful family area of Galilee where everything was nice and heading south to Jerusalem where it's going to be dark and painful and it's really going to be hard. So for Jesus with his disciples in particular, summer camp is really over. Training camp is over. And he wants his disciples and his followers and particularly his apostles to say, I'm in 100%. And if you're not in 100%, then, then go home. Because this is going to be tough for me and for you. With this decision to go south to Jerusalem, Jesus is saying, you got to be in 100%. percent you got to be committed to follow me all the way. No hesitations, no distractions. No ego, no pretending to be powerful when you're not powerful, James and John. Peter, too, by the way. And and so what is required of you from this stage on is no more fun and games. This is not just sort of training camp anymore. We're going to go do it. And if you're not with me, go home. And so these disciples are saying, well, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. You know, it almost sounds like that song from Sister Act. I will follow you wherever you will go. And he said, that's great. Follow me wherever I go. But you understand that where I'm going, I have no place. I have no place to lay my head. Are you ready to give up home? Are you ready to give up bed? Are you ready to give up everything? all that you have had up to this point in your life, to come and follow me, then come follow me. But if not, go home. But I, I'd love to follow you, Jesus, but i got to go bury my pa. Go bury your pa. But if that's more important to you than following me to Jerusalem, you're not one of mine. Well, I'd love to follow you, Jesus. I really would, but man, I've got to go say goodbye. Can I just, so, you know, take a week off and go visit my family first and have some time with them before I go to Jerusalem? No, <laughs> you can't, because this now is a hundred percent commitment. Your family is behind you. God bless them. Not ahead of you. I'm ahead of you. You're with me, or you're not. Now, no hesitation. No distractions. No ego. And what is the way that Jesus is leading them on? Is it just down a dusty road up to Jerusalem? No, he's leading them on a path of self-giving. He's leading them on the way of giving of yourself even to the point where you give yourself up. He's leading them on the path of completely pouring themselves out even unto death. Death on a cross. And it's that love That way of love, that sacrificial love, that giving of themselves that he's asking them to be 100% committed to, fish or cut bait. So that's great. You know, it's a great story. It's an important moment that explains why Jesus is sort of grumpy or serious at least as he speaks to his disciples on this particular moment in the gospel. But whenever Jesus says, follow me in the Gospels, whether it's in this passage or in the other passages that we hear so often throughout the year, whenever he says, follow me, of course we understand he's also saying that to us 2,000 years later. Jesus' words, follow me, are meant for us as well in our lives here and now. And the very same level of commitment that he asks of his disciples at this decisive moment, this turning point in the Gospel of Luke, he also asks of us here and now. And some of those moments are kind of obvious to us in our lives. You know, when we're kind of young still and we have our first little child and you look at this kid and you say, my God, the responsibility I have to raise this little person into adulthood, I, if I have a kid, I can't be a kid anymore. I've got to commit my life to this and get serious about things. I can't be carousing and doing other stuff anymore. I've got to do this is my primary, primary responsibility in life. That's a way of following, putting 100% in. Sometimes people get to middle age and they kind of get to that point where they say, well, gosh, I haven't fulfilled all the dreams of my childhood or my youth. You know, I'm not going to be an Olympic swimmer ever. I'm, I'm not going to rise to the top of my company. I'm never going to get the prestige I thought I would have. I'm never going to be a movie star. And you say, well, OK, so then what? What really then is important to me? How then do I follow Jesus knowing that all that stuff were just distractions along the way? How do I follow Jesus in this life that I have now? How do I say yes to him 100%? That stuff didn't sustain me. It didn't come true. It wasn't real. What's real is my faith and my trust and my walking with Jesus all the way. We get to a certain age where we start saying, gee, I'm older than my parents were when they died. My hair is now gray. I'm at the very short end of this stick of life. And you say, okay, now what? It's no longer time for funny business. It's no longer time for fun and games. In this last stretch of my life, whether it's one hour or 30 more years, how do I live the follow me that Jesus offers me now? How do I make this passage in my life, this final passage in my life, including death itself, a gift, a grace, a blessing, a making present of the kingdom of God in my family, in my church, and in my world. Jesus calls us always just as he calls his disciples to say, okay, fun and games are over. Now it's time to get serious. Follow me all the way 100%, no distractions, no hesitations. And in a sense, each time that we stretch out our hands and say to the body of Christ, yes, amen, we are saying, yes, I will follow you all the way, without distractions, without hesitations, without fun and games, all the way to Jerusalem and Calvary, and the cross and Easter.